Well, hello, beauties. Erica here with another very special episode. I'm super excited to have the owner of Thrive Cosmetics here in the house. And we have a very special giveaway to celebrate the podcast episode. So make sure you head over to my Instagram, Beauty and the Vlog, where you'll get all the information on how to very easily enter the giveaway. So before we dive into our episode, I just want to thank you guys for being here once again, week after week. And this is a spot if you are growing a YouTube channel, if you want to start a YouTube channel, if you're an influencer and you want to learn about the world of influencer marketing, YouTube, all that stuff. And I love bringing people on that are in the business of influencer marketing, which is why I brought on Carissa because Carissa and her company Thrive Cosmetics does utilize the power of influence and understands the power of influence in growing its brand and definitely had a um, definitely had a hand in making their brand so popular. And if you are new to the podcast, welcome. If you're a returner, thank you for being here. And please leave a review if you enjoy this podcast. The reviews help so much here on iTunes and it really allows me to see that you're enjoying this podcast. And also make sure that you share it on Instagram and tag me and tag Carissa and let us know what you thought about the episode. All right. So a little bit about Carissa, the founder of Thrive Cosmetics. So Thrive Cosmetics is the fastest growing direct-to-consumer luxury vegan beauty company, which is on a mission to change the beauty industry for good. For every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates to help a woman thrive. Krista has been named to Forbes 30 Under 30 2019, People's 25 Women Changing the World in 2018, Marie Claire's New Guard 2018, Inc.'s Badass Female Founders, and Good Housekeeping Awesome Women. With over a decade of experience as a makeup artist and beauty product creator, Carissa has traveled the world sourcing powerful ingredients to create clean formulas with skin-loving properties. She founded Thrive Cosmetics out of a desire to give women products that help build their confidence and offer benefits beyond just appearances. So Carissa is obviously a powerhouse female, and I'm so excited to have her here. And, you know, if you've ever dreamed of starting your own cosmetics line, this is also a great episode for you because that's exactly where Carissa was a few years ago. She dreamed of a company where she was able to give back while at the same time providing products that help women feel more confident and beautiful. And with that vision, Thrive Cosmetics was born. And what's so cool is that with every purchase of a Thrive Cosmetics product, you're giving back through their beauty with the purpose program. And Carissa didn't want to create just another beauty company, as she explains in this episode. She really wanted to create a company that gave back and had a heart and soul behind it, which I love and I can get behind and I love these products. And in this episode, she reveals the highs and lows of bootstrapping your own company and how she was able to go from creating her first products on her kitchen table to now a multi-million dollar brand. I really think you guys are going to enjoy this episode. Mwah. Well, hello, Carissa. Welcome to the podcast. 
Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for inviting me on here. Yes, I'm so glad to have you. I mean, I have watched your journey from, I knew you before you started this incredible company and to see the amazing things that you've accomplished in such a short amount of time is just so inspirational. And I know that our listeners here will love to hear your story uh, on how you just started and launched and created this incredible Thrive Cosmetics. So let's first jump into telling us a little bit about you and how you, just how you started Thrive Cosmetics. Yes. Well, thank you for saying that. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate your support from the very beginning. I started, I'll, I'll, I'll back up just a little bit. I, I actually grew up on a, a farm in rural Washington state and the closest makeup store was over an hour away. <laughs> and so, um, when I was growing up as a kid, I was constantly outside playing and trying to create things. And one of the things that I really loved creating was makeup. And I would use the ingredients like roses from my mom's garden and then my sister's crayons, which are not ingredients, by the way, <laughs> um, yeah, no. <laughs> to create a lipstick when I was a kid. So it's, um, they were not great formulas back then. But it's it's interesting to look back and and realize that at such a young age I did have a passion for for beauty and creating products and I when I was going to college my job while I was in school was working as a makeup artist and so I worked on the sales floor of Sephora as a makeup artist and for those of you who are Sephora employees or know about Sephora it, I was a cast member that's what we called ourselves um so um I was a Sephora cast member and um you know in when I was in college I was so passionate about the way that makeup made women feel confident and beautiful because I believe that when we are confident we are unstoppable and after I graduated from school, I went and worked for Clarisonic when we were a small startup. So I worked in product development for them, and that was really fun. And then we were ultimately purchased by L'Oreal, and I went to go work for them in their luxury division. And then fast forward a few years, I loved my job in product development. It was so fun working on the different luxury brands. And I unfortunately lost my friend Christy when I was just 24 years old. And it was one of those moments for me where I just had to stop and think about what I was doing with my life. And I had that carpe diem moment of if I don't, I, I had this really strong belief that there needed to be a beauty company that was doing more than just selling beauty products to women, that they were really empowering women and giving back to women. And so it was about a month after Christy passed away. I was actually in Los Angeles where I was not living at the time, but so LA is near and dear to my heart um, because I had the idea for Thrive Cosmetics. And so from the very beginning, I knew that for every product purchased, we would do something to help a woman thrive. And in the beginning, I started it out of my kitchen, actually. <laughs> and then I, I actually, I, I couldn't work for L'Oreal while I was creating a beauty brand. And so I went and had the pleasure of working for a nutrition company, which is actually how we met, Yes, <laughs> um, where I met your darling sister, who mm -hmm. I love dearly mm -hmm. and um, shout out to Jacqueline. <laughs> 
And, um, you know, because I, I get that question a lot from entrepreneurs or creators of how do you get started? How do you fund something when you don't have money? And there are a lot of entrepreneurs who come from means. And I think that's an awesome thing. I didn't. And I didn't know what a venture capitalist was. I didn't know any investors. And when I met them, they weren't really impressed. <laughs> and mm. so they were, I really had to fund it myself. And my life savings at the time was about $100,000. And so I didn't put it all in at the beginning, but I started it out of my kitchen. We were fulfilling orders in my one bedroom apartment. All the inventory was stored there. And I worked that full-time job so that I could fund the company and fund the inventory. I didn't take a salary for the first two years. And it was a, it was a really slow build for those first, that first year and a half. And it was it was very challenging. It still is, but it's also been the greatest joy of my life because I've always been driven by this greater purpose and this why behind why I started Thrive, which is the giving back. Yeah, and I yeah. think what I love about so much about your company and your approach is that it really is stemmed from a very personal part of your life where, I mean, maybe you can explain a little bit the connection with your friend and, and the, the line, because, uh, if I'm, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but did she, she died of cancer, right? And then you first start out with something related to that, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. So Christy, yes, yeah, she unfortunately passed from cancer. It was a very rare form of cancer so, uh, called a sarcoma. And she, it took her life in nine, nine months. I mean, it was oh less than a year. Yeah. And it's it, terrible. It just, yeah. And it's just one of those things where, um, you know, she was such a beautiful spirit and had so much energy. She was a all-star athlete. So you just don't think that somebody like that can pass from cancer when they're 24 years old. That oh just doesn't God. seem, you know yeah. what I mean? It's oh just not. And I remember just sitting there at her funeral being like, her life meant something. She, the room, I mean, it was the biggest venue, one of the biggest venues I've been in and it was packed wall to wall. Mm -hmm. She had touched the lives of so many people. And so I was inspired by Christie's spirit and what she did with her life. The cancer was an unfortunate thing that took her, but what really inspired me was the way that she lived her life to help others thrive. And so for example, while I was hell bent on climbing the corporate ladder, like mm -hmm. a lot of us are after we graduate, she was dedicating her life to helping others in specifically children in foreign countries. So she was working at orphanages, teaching English. I mean, she, she was an incredible human being and packed so much thriving and living into those 24 years. Mm -hmm. So, so that was, Christy truly was the catalyst for me wanting to start a brand that gave back. And because of my experience with her, and then also as a makeup artist, I had worked a lot with this program called Look Good, Feel Better. I was a, a makeup artist volunteer there where I would teach the women how, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Look Good, Feel Better. No, I'm not. Um, so they're, uh, so they are a group, it's a global organization that donates products to women who are going through cancer and then teaches them how to use them. And, mm -hmm. um, there were elements of that that I really loved. And then there were elements of it that I really wanted to innovate. And 
So Look and Feel Better is actually one of our giving partners because that's how we give. We partner with different charities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we partner with charities. We partner with hospitals. We partner with different women's centers. And so the to donate the products and to facilitate that donation in a really responsible way. And we specifically when we started the business, we started by donating to women who were going through cancer. Mm-hmm. And then in and that was in 20 end of 2014, early 2015. And then in 2016, we started giving, we expanded our mission to include women who had experienced domestic violence. And then in 2017, we expanded it to include women who had been homeless and who were reentering the workforce. So one of our partners is Dress for Success. Not that all of the people they help have been homeless, but we also do work with homeless shelters as well that, that um, help women specifically, like Mary's Place in Seattle, Washington. They're one of our great, great partners in that regard. And then last year was the first time that we actually donated money. And that was in after the terrible, horrific wildfires that hit Northern and Southern California. We reached out to our community and asked them how we could help. And we reached out to giving partners. We reached out to our Thrive Tribe on Instagram and Facebook, and they helped us connect with charities where we could have an impact. And so on November 14th, we donated 100% of our profits and to help these five different charities in Northern and Southern California. And it was such a beautiful thing that we were able to do because our community came together and they helped us donate over a quarter of a million dollars, which is just insane. I, it's like, I still, when I say it out loud, I can't believe it because I'm so filled with gratitude that we've been able to do this. And we're still donating products. We're donating more products than we ever have before. Last year, we added on the, the money donation, mm-hmm. as the monetary donation as well. Wow. That's, I mean, that's so incredible, but, and it's such a, it seems like somebody who is bootstrapping their own company, a very daunting task, because if you're starting it out, cause this was your business model from the beginning, you always wanted to give, give back. Yeah. And you know, when you're looking at you, know, cause I, you know, I, I don't know if you know, I think, you know, but you know, Jack, Jacqueline, I had a clothing line also. Yes. And, yes. um, you know, I know kind of that whole manufacturing world and having your own, uh, physical product. And, you know, when you're pricing things out, it's a new brand new creator of a company with your own money. How are you able to figure that out at the beginning? Like what was that first, take me back to kind of when you launched that first product, like what, how are you able to pull that off essentially? <laughs> well, it was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, where I started was truly with what I knew, which was making formulas Mm -hmm. and, and making a really great formula. And that's where I was able to do it in my kitchen. I knew a lot of chemists. So I, if I had questions, so something that makes thrive different is we actually develop and own our own formulas. So we're, that's something that's been different about us from the very beginning. Mm. And so that is where I started, which was the thing that I knew, but I didn't know how to incorporate a business. I'm pretty sure I did it wrong in the beginning. Yeah, I did do it wrong because we've had to, <laughs> you know? so I mean, I, I Googled things. I asked people that mm-hmm. I didn't think would say yes for help. And they did. I think I even talked to your husband on the phone. No, maybe. <laughs> I mean, so it's like, um, so 
Jacqueline was really helpful. I knew nothing about social media mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it was really challenging because I didn't know anything about social media and working in the luxury division of the beauty industry, I just thought that to build a successful brand, you had to be a retail. Mm-hmm. I had a problem though. No retailer wanted to carry us. <laughs> and so, Why? um, because I think they thought that Untested, I didn't know what I was new. doing. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I was not a celebrity or, you know, and it was literally just me in mm-hmm. an apartment. And so, so to answer your question, I mean, I started with the formulation and then everything else that I didn't know, I just took it piece by piece and it was not a straight line to get to anything. It's still not, I'm still learning things every single day. And I always start with Google and I always start with, uh, I always start with asking people for help. I love that. And then it, it's so true when you have a big, I mean, cause you look at it, you say, okay, I'm going to start a beauty company when there's already a ton of beauty company. I mean, you, you're very much in the industry, you know, the, the level of competition that's in the, the makeup industry. Uh, yeah. you know, I'm going to start a beauty company. I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to pay for it myself. And on top of that, I'm planning on donating a bunch of my profit I mean, I don't know how much you donate, but you know, that still takes that eats away at, at your profit. I'm going to, uh, and adds to your cost. I'm going to donate and I have this big grand picture and it's easy. I know a lot of times people have these types of ideas, but then it just stays in their head. Yep. And it's like, how did you, I guess you answered it a little bit, but you know, how did you take that, that first step and say, okay, I'm actually going to do this. Yeah. And, and it was, I didn't start it right away. I had the idea in at the end of May and I didn't start it until months and months later. And I, I had a lot of fear and I still have a lot of fear. And what I did in the very beginning was I actually, and it's something I've done since I was a kid where I take a piece of paper and I split the page in half and I write all the bad things that can happen and then all the good things that can happen. And my list on the good side was so long. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we could change the way that women think about beauty. We could change the way that beauty companies are thought about in the industry. There was not a uh, a brand like Thrive. There was not a brand that was giving away products at all mm-hmm, in that, mm-hmm. in that regard. And so, and that's in our DNA. And so, and I could, I could learn a lot and all of those things. And on the, on the bad side, on the worst things that could happen was I could lose all my money and I could look like a fool. And the good news about losing all my money was <laughs> I didn't have a lot to mm-hmm. start with. So it wasn't, and I don't mean to, to diminish like the life savings that I put into this business, but I, I was at a point where I was like, okay, well I can work a full-time job. And if I lose all my money, it's going to take me a while to build it back up. But look at all the good that can come from this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The risk reward, right? You're risking a hundred K you've saved up for it for years, but if you don't do anything with it and if it just sits there and you don't actually go through with this idea, yeah, you might have this $100,000 in the bank, but you'll never know if this idea would have taken flight like it has. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and the other thing I will add to that is, oh, sorry, Cody's being vocal. (laughs) (laughs) He has something to say about this. (laughs) Yes. He has strong feelings. I have two puppies. Um, Cody's been with me since the very beginning. I actually have, well, I mean, I've had him for six years, so he's, I've had him the whole time. And I, he actually came with me to the bank when I would set up the, all the documents and things like that. So he's, he's been a part of Thrive since the beginning. Um, (laughs) but, um, the other thing that I will add around, how do you get started? How do you get over that fear? Cause the thing that holds us all back, whether it's, it's starting a company or going for the promotion or asking for a raise is fear. Mm-hmm. And for me, I got over that fear by knowing that it, this mission and this movement that I wanted to create was a lot bigger than me and that it was necessary. It was so necessary in the world that my fear didn't really matter at that point. And so the way that I did that was I actually started the business by donating a thousand pairs of lashes and a thousand lash glue. These, those were our flagship products that we launched in the beginning. And the, I did that so that I could get feedback from the community. I did that so that I could see how it did impact women so that I could really go out there and say, this does make a woman who's going through cancer feel more confident. And because there's a lot of people, whether it's a doctor or somebody who runs a charity that they're like, these women don't need makeup. That's not what we should be focusing on right now. And I believe that it's something that should be focused on because when a woman feels beautiful, she feels confident and then she's unstoppable. And we have so many women who wear our, wear our makeup to their chemo treatments, or they wear them to their job interview. They have that power lipstick that they've gotten from thrive through dress for success. And it helps them get the job. And I can't quantify it, but I know that it's real because we've gotten tens of thousands of testimonials from the women that we've helped. And so, um, I, and, and that as the the list that I made, the good, bad list was really important, but the donation piece was really important for me too, because it, it, it reaffirmed why I was starting the business and the letters that I got from women like Dion, who we named a product after and Dion's husband and Galen, I, I can list so many of the women that we donated those products to and the way that they, the letters that they wrote are what kept me going when it was 2 a.m. and we had had no sales for two days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? um, it was what kept me going when we were running out of inventory and we didn't have money to buy any. Um, it, it's what keeps me going today. Mm-hmm. And so that to me is always really focusing on what's your why? Why are you doing this? And starting with your why is so, so important. And you can see that in everything that you do with your business on your social accounts, in your branding. And it's it's a really important and interesting concept. And it's one that I bring up in my boot camp, and we, we actually spent a lot of time on it. And a lot of the theories based on the book Start With Why by Simon Sinek, I don't know if you're familiar with it. But your yes, company yeah. reminds me exactly of what he talks about in the book on how businesses these days, you're not necessarily selling a product, but you're selling an entire idea and a concept and a, and a belief, right? Yeah. And if people believe and share in the belief of what you do in regards to helping women or whatever it is, that's actually more important in regards to creating a business and creating a community around that business, as opposed to say, here, here's another lipstick. So I, you, you speak directly to that and what he 
talks about in the book of the importance of really starting with why. Because those who believe what you believe will buy what you're selling, essentially. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have not read the whole book, but um, he's fantastic. And I think it's something that is true for all of us. So mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. And it, yeah, it goes with business and everything. I, I love, I love that about your company. So when was the moment for you when you felt like, aha, like, yes, like I, I made it in regards to your, your company where maybe that fear wasn't there as much. And there was just uh, maybe a tipping point or something that, that on a business side said, okay, this is going to work out. Yes. I've had a lot of them. It was honestly the first giving event that we did, which was before the business even launched, which was at the end of, it was new year's Eve of 2014. We hadn't officially launched, but we had a giving event and the way that the women, I got to see it firsthand, the way that the women we were helping, how moved they were and how supported they felt. I was like, okay, this really, really matters. Mm-hmm. Um, I still didn't know if we were going to be a business, um, because we really, we really weren't at that point, but then, so, but that just really reaffirmed like, okay, this is resonating with people. This cause matters to people. And if it matters so much to the women that we're helping, it's going to matter to their community. So that was really an aha moment for me. The other moment for me was when it was at the beginning of November in 2016, I had, we had just expanded our mission to include women who are going through domestic violence. And that giving event was so profound and just the, the impact I was teaching makeup to women that I didn't even speak the same language to. And they were in tears because they were so excited about what they were learning. And the length, the fact that we didn't speak the same language didn't matter. It was that connection that we got through beauty. And to me, for us to be able to expand our mission from donating to women going through cancer and then to add on domestic violence, that was incredible. And then it was, we still weren't really a viable business at that point. I was not taking a salary, didn't have employees. It was a very small business, still doing our own order fulfillment. And what happened was we, um, the social media community, not, it it was not an influencer per se. It was our actual, our thrive tribe, our, our customers started this conversation on social media on a Friday night about our eyeliner and how it was the best eyeliner they had ever used. I love your eyeliner. I love oh, it. I, mean, I, I have to say, I love, I, genuinely, I, I love your products. They are really, really thank you good. So, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. I mean, at that point, we just, we didn't have the full line that we have now. We, we had uh, a lot less products at the end of 2016 because I was funding them all myself. So mm. it was, um, and, and they, um, so the community just started, it was first 10 women, then it turned into a hundred women, then it was a thousand women, then it was tens of thousands of women and they were tagging their friends. And it was this viral moment that was not fueled by money or an influencer. It wasn't some splashy marketing campaign. It was legitimately our community coming together. And 
we went from doing less than a thousand dollars a day to over a hundred thousand dollars a day in a matter of days. Wow. That's insane. It was, it was absolutely insane. We didn't have the inventory. We didn't have the people. We didn't have a customer service team. It was me (laughs) doing customer service and I didn't sleep for months. What was so exciting about that though, was the way that the community really came together to support us. I mean, we put, so we sold out of everything weeks later. This was before Black Friday even. So we literally didn't have a Black Friday or Cyber Monday or anything like that in 2016. (laughs) And people were like, why aren't you doing anything? I'm like, we actually don't have inventory. Mm -hmm. So what we did was we, um, we put the site on pre-order. So all the products were pre people could order them ahead of time. And I did not think that they would. I, I just, I did it because we had some customers who asked for it and they weren't going to receive their orders until February 10th of 2017. Oh, wow. And this was, this was Black Friday? Uh, it was before Black Friday, November of 2016. So we're oh talking about months. <laughs> yeah. And so, because we just, you can't scale that fast. Yeah, like, no, you I just know. can't That's scale that fast. And product was my jam. So like, I knew what I was doing in mm-hmm. that regard. And, um, but I didn't know what I was doing in social media or any of the other stuff. And so we put the site on pre-order and I thought, okay, well, probably nobody's going to order. So let's just make some, um, you know, those foldover elastic hairband ties that don't like crease your hair. Like they're the like fancy ones you can get at Anthropology or Nordstrom. Oh yeah, like the little, like I have one on my wrist. They're kind of like fabric-y type things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, well, let's make some of those because we had done those as a gift with purchase before. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget, we made a little card and it said, may your days be merry and bright and may your ponytails always be tight. And and then we ordered these snowflake ornaments and hand threaded ribbon through these snowflakes that we had ordered from Amazon. And I thought that we would get a couple hundred orders and we wound up getting tens of thousands of orders. And so, um, and mind you, we had no staff to fulfill these orders. And so it was friends and friends of friends and family members that were coming over and making these gifts that we were ultimately shipping out while people waited for their order until February. And so it, it wound up snowballing into this incredible movement that our community started online and they were totally fine pre-ordering. We got like no cancellations of orders. Um, so it was, that was definitely a moment where I remember being really exhausted and sitting there and just thinking like, I wish I could have this feeling forever because I know that this only happens once. Yeah. Wait, I want to go back a little bit. So that's a really incredible story. So it was, okay. So this whole virality of your products started online, just randomly people talking about your eyeliner? Yeah, we had made a post on social. Like on your Instagram or Facebook or both? Instagram and Facebook, Mm -hmm. yeah. And because at that point we were doing the same content, like I'm not a social expert, so (laughs) this is not not advice, Um, (laughs) but it was a post about our eyeliner and how, and and it had a testimonial on it about how well it worked from one of our, our customers. And then it was, yeah, it was those women who had used the product and they started tagging each other, tagging friends. And it started this real viral movement organically. It was insane. 
Wow. So they were probably tagging people and probably sharing it on Facebook. Oh my gosh. The mm-hmm. amount of shares was insane. And shares are like what it's all about. Yeah, it is. So what was on, what was on that post? Like, yeah, I mean, how many posts do we see talking about how amazing an eyeliner is, but like what, what was on that post that you think triggered people to want to share it and talk about it? You know, I think it was a picture. I think what, what it was, it was a, it was a picture of a real woman using our eyeliner and talking, it it was not Photoshopped. In fact, it was kind of blurry (laughs) and it was just something I, I think it was the, the authenticity behind it all. Mm -hmm. And, and the fact that we were, it, it, it was a real photo. It wasn't, it wasn't super Photoshopped. And so I think that was definitely part of it. And it was also a message that came from one of our customers. And I think that that resonated with them as well. Wow. That's, that's so incredible. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it was, it was wild. And I mean, I always say this, our thrive tribe has been holding us down since day one. Like they have been, we have customers who have been along for the journey since the very beginning. And they have been so passionate, so giving of their thoughts. Like they have helped our giving evolve too. It's amazing. Like we wouldn't have been able to partner with the organizations. I mean, when we decided to make that wildfire donation, it was like, it was a Saturday that I had the idea after watching the news and talked to our whole team and we mobilized really quickly. So our team did an incredible job of moving really quick um, because we had never donated money like that before. So it wasn't something that was easy to do. Mm. And, but our community was like, Oh, I know this charity and I know this charity and they're really great. So they were helping to vet people for us so that we could move really quick because charitable partnerships don't happen overnight, but they had to, in this regard, because we had to, we needed to move quick because these people had lost absolutely everything. Like I went up to paradise in California and it looks like hunger games. Mm. Like it's like, crazy that everything's been wiped out. And so, um, and, and I'm sure you saw it being in mm-hmm. Southern California. I mean, Malibu, I could literally see the flames. Yeah. It oh, was, yeah. I could see him. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we needed to move quickly and, um, our community made that possible because they were like, whether it was connecting us with a charity that they knew or sharing that we were going to donate hundred percent of our profits, like they made it happen. That's that's really cool. So what do you think it is about your company? Because it has to be a mixture between, I believe, uh, your your vision, right? Your why, but also your products, right? Because if your products yeah. sucked, then it, yeah, it's like, okay, the sentiment behind it is great, but I'm not going to spend any more money because the products suck. But I think it's this combination of the two. But what, what do you think it is that makes people so just, you know, uh, fanatical about your brand and products? I agree with you, by the way. And one of the things that I have struggled with is that I always talk about our mission because I'm so passionate about it. And in the beginning, it was like, that was all I talked about. Mm -hmm. And people were like, oh, but are your products good? And I didn't even realize that that would be something that people would question because I'm so passionate about product development. And it's, it's my love. Like I love making products and I have since I was a kid. And so, um, it it always starts with a product because if we, like you said, if our product was not great, people would not buy it. They might buy it once Mm -hmm. and then they're either going to return it or never buy it again. And 
really what has built our company is the retention of our community and the the customers like the loyalty that they've had to us is is, is unprecedented and so <laughs> i do believe that it's the product because that mascara changes people's lives like mm-hmm. literally and figuratively like it really it it's there the testimonials we get about the way that the mascara makes women feel or that cc cream the cc cream being with with the the shade range that we had or whether it's the performance of the CC cream, that's something that people are really passionate about. So it has to be a product that's going to work for the people who you're selling it to, first and foremost. It does. And especially in this somewhat, I don't want to say like fickle, it's not fickle, but a very, very, very opinionated uh, social community of people. You know, people on social are very opinionated. And a lot of times, you know, if something's bad, that gets shared. And then the good things don't always get shared. And you almost have to be, uh, you know, really excellent and spectacular for people to to share about that. So I think um, in this day and age, with everybody having an opinion on social media, the quality of the products uh, is really, really important. It is. And that's what drives us is we know that our mission is not possible without our community. And we know that our community demands the best products. And so that's, we actually include them in our product development process. They're helping us. I don't know if you just saw on our social, but they're helping us. We name all of our products after inspiring women. Mm. And a lot of times those are women who are from our community or women who are special to people in our community. So we we ask them to help name the products and nominate a woman who inspires them in their life. And it's this movement of real women. It's not this like super photoshopped, face-tuned situation that I think also resonates with people. And um and and they help us review formulas. They give us feedback about what they want and what they don't want, what what they do want and what they don't want. So, yeah, we really owe all of our success to our Thrive Tribe. They make it all happen. And I think your 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 concept, your company, your brand, it fits very much into what's really important today, you know, with authenticity. You know, people are sick of those kind of glossy ads. Uh, people are very much in tune to what's authentic, what's real, what's not. And I do notice that on your ads and your social, you do use, you know, real women, your customers, and you could tell that, that that's the, the heartbeat behind the brand. You know, it's not just some big conglomerate that's creating and churning out products, you know, time and time again, and, you know, figuring them out in the lab, which is great, but yours, there is so much heart behind it, both on the end of the, the, the donation side, you get the giving side, but also in the creation of the products. And I think it lends itself really well to kind of this landscape that we have right now uh, on social media. Oh, well, thank you for saying that. I mean, we, I think that, you know, life is short. You want to do something that is meaningful. And and for me, connecting with our community is like my greatest joy. I literally can't get off of Facebook live or Instagram. <laughs> like I'm obsessed with it. And I love connecting with our, our consumers. And yeah, I never would have thought that I would start a beauty company. I really didn't. And I wouldn't have started it unless I thought that there needed to be something truly different. And that was of course our mission and the love that our customers have for us and the products and the mission is everything. Yeah. So 
Because, you know, this is a YouTube Power Hour podcast and the majority of people listening are influencers themselves. Do you have any type of a influencer strategy or way that you work with influencers to help kind of broaden uh, your exposure out in the market? Yeah, I, I love talking about this because I had no experience in social media. And I think that the influencer space can be really confusing to somebody <laughs> who doesn't have experience um, in it. And what I have found is I've, I've really gone from the gut when it comes to our social media strategy. And it's, we are looking for people who are authentic in their kindness and we are looking for people who have a positive message to share. I think a lot of the beauty and fashion community can be really competitive and can be really um, sometimes cutting mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. bullying. And that's not our jam. That's not Thrive. Like we're not, that's not our vibe. And so we are looking for influencers who produce quality content that looks authentic, that's not super face-tuned or filtered or anything like that. And also influencers who, who are kind and who are people that care about our mission. I mean, we bring influencers along for the ride with our, with our donations. So they need to care about, about something greater than themselves. So how do you determine that? Do you kind of, do you, do you have a team of people or is it you? Do you guys kind of look at their social, look at their captions, look at what they're posting about? Yeah, we do. We have, we have a fantastic team. We are small, but mighty. Mm -hmm. And we, and then of course I'm always on social media. So if I see somebody who really inspires me, I'll reach out to them or I will screenshot their bio and then ask our team to reach out. And yeah, it, that's really how we've done it from day one. I remember asking your sister for advice. <laughs> and I've asked you for advice yeah. too. It's like, hey, how do we reach out to people? How do we get the attention of people who who want to share our message? Yeah, and does a follower count, uh, likes, uh, engagement? Do you guys take a look at that also? You know, it's not so much about follower count as it is engagement, in my opinion. And I think a lot of people say that. Um, because it's, yeah, the, the, I love people who are just starting out, who are creating quality content. We have some influencers that we work with that have less than a thousand followers and I know what it's like. Um, and by the way, my content that I was creating at that time for thrive, cause thrive was basically my, it was my first Instagram account. Mm -hmm. So I kind of treated it like it was my own. And, um, actually I very much treated it like it was my own and I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't create the best quality content, but there were people who helped me along the way. And I remember when I first made an Instagram, I reached out to, I started following Jacqueline mm -hmm. and your sister and she, we were working together at the time. And she said, Carissa, you don't have a bio, your thing, or you don't have a photo in your bio. Your thrives profile looks like spam. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was a business, right? Yeah. yeah. Don't ever put a logo in the, in the bio photo. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, how do you put a photo in Instagram? So, you know, it's just like, I, I, um, I have a lot of appreciation for the amount of work that it takes to create quality content. And so it's really about quant or about quality content and quality following versus a, a large following. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And 
I think that's so cool because like you, because this is so you, everything, like you had every single hat and you did have to take over that social media hat at the beginning. Because I remember you reaching out and asking questions and talking to Jacqueline and, and, you know, I remember following you at the beginning when you had you know, no <laughs> followers and how many followers do you have now on Instagram? Oh, I should know that. It's over, it's just over 200,000. Let yeah. me, it's, yeah, it's just, just over 200,000 on Thrives. That's amazing. I mean, yeah. you guys have had such incredible growth uh, in your company in just a few short years. Oh, thank it's, you so much. It's really, it's really, really awesome. So, you know, what would you tell the person listening who might be in your shoes that you were in a few years ago, who has an idea, but they're just, they just don't know what, you know, they just don't know, they haven't done it, they don't know where to start. What would you tell that person who's looking to start a business today? I would say to start with your why. Why are you starting this business? Because it's going to be really hard. And there are going to be a lot of times that it doesn't make financial or emotional sense (laughs) to do it. So figure out that why. And my why was these women that we have been so blessed to be able to help. Mm -hmm. And my friend Christy and my grandma Jackie, who inspired me so much that I lost when I was at a young age. I mean, these, these really strong and powerful women who had an impact on my life. I would say make that good, bad list because that's how you remove your fear. Find out what is the worst that could happen? Because when you realize that the worst that could happen really isn't that bad, you're unstoppable. Mm. So, you know, I'd, I'd say do that. And then I would say, ask a lot of questions. Don't be shy about asking questions. I was shocked at the grace that people showed me in the very beginning and that they continue to show me. I remember I named a pair of lashes after Robin Roberts when I first started the company. And I remember reading her book and thinking, oh my gosh, if I could just meet Robin Roberts and she knew what we were doing, that would be so incredible. But I don't think it's ever going to happen. And I sent her a a package that, by the way, probably didn't look very good. (laughs) (laughs) And I... And she wrote me back and she invited me to come into the studio. I wasn't on air right away. It was about six months later that I was on air, but she just genuinely showed an interest in what I was doing and was just kind to me and gave me some advice. And so I think that's like dream bigger, dream bigger for yourself and think about, okay, what would that all start? you know, 10 star experience be for your customer and for you as in your company, like, and put it out there into the universe and just go for it. I love that. That's so inspiring. And I think so much of your success is because you are so driven by your why. And when people see that, you know, someone uh, like, you know, Robin Roberts or whoever it is that you reach out to or talk to, when people see that, they, if they connect to that, then they, they want to be a part of that mission. Oh, thank you for saying that. Yeah, I, um, it, the world is good. And, and at our core there, I would say 99% of us are, are good. And a lot of times the conflict that happens in the world is due to misunderstanding or our own emotional challenges and things that we, that hold us back and fear so much of the way that we show up in the world is due to fear. And if you can remove that fear for yourself, you can be unstoppable. Mm -hmm. I love that. 
Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I mean, it's been amazing watching your journey from, uh, you know, from way back before Thrive to now this incredible entrepreneur, you know, uh, amazing business owner. And where can people find you if they want to check out Thrive or, you know, your socials or your products? Yeah, we are sold exclusively on thrivecosmetics.com. And people will get free shipping in the United States if they spend $35 or more. They also get a free makeup bag. I am at at Carissa Bodner on Instagram and Thrive is on Instagram and Facebook and all under Thrive Cosmetics. And we're spelled C-A-U-S-E. We spell it with because we're for a cause. So, <laughs> so yeah. I love it. I genuinely, I love your products. I'm actually wearing your mascara right now. Your mascara is amazing. And oh, your, your blush, you. I don't know the name of your blush. I think you only have one. Oh, but the, Yeah. The Cosmo Power. Yeah. Oh, I love that blush. I love that blush. I do. I, I genuinely love Thank your you. products. They're really, really good. Is there, are you going to stay, you know, what's just, I didn't ask you this, but what's, what's the yeah. future for Thrive Cosmetics? Are you going to stay uh, in, um, are you going to stay online? Or are you looking to eventually go to retail? Well, you know, when I started the business, I think I said this in the beginning, I thought we would for sure be at retail mm-hmm. and nobody was really interested in, in having us at retail at the time. And what I have loved so much about being sold exclusively on our own website is this connection that we have. Mm-hmm. We are able to surprise and delight our customers in ways that we could never do if we were at retail. We are able to ask our customers questions that we would never be able to ask. You know, social media has broken down so many barriers. And so I don't truly don't, I'm being a hundred percent honest. I don't know the future. I love retail too. I Mm -hmm. think it's fantastic. And I also just love connecting with our customers. So it's really about where our customers want to see us and, and making sure that we can offer a really wonderful experience if we choose to do that, because that's, what's so important to me is treating the customer with respect because it's one bad experience can turn somebody off forever. Mm -hmm. And I just love how much we can make sure that that experience is wonderful on our own website. Yeah. And also imagine too, like maintaining the, um, maintaining that quality of your product and maintaining the integrity of the product of, you know, you guys doing it all in house and all that. I, I would imagine it would be more difficult to do when you're scaling and, and doing retail, when you have things that are out of your control to an extent. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go into a retail store and your products are put in the wrong spot or mm-hmm. they're dusty or dirty, people are going to think that it's you, not, you know, the retailer. So yeah. totally. Yeah. It's, it, 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 re- it's such a great opportunity. Retail is such a great opportunity, but it's, it's also really challenging. And so I, I want to make sure that we do it the right way if we choose to go that direction, but we may always stay on our own website because we just love talking to people (laughs) and we love, we love our community. So it's, it's really fun to be able to connect. Well, you guys do an amazing job connecting with your community. And I know that the listeners here probably got a ton out of this. So thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you. And congrats on everything you're doing. You are absolutely killing it as well. Oh, thank you. Bye. Bye. Well, there you go. That is our interview. And if you enjoy this, please give the podcast a review. It helps so, so much. I will see you next week. Mwah.